Believers. No, you stay here. I'm in charge. Do you feel in charge? Popheads and welcome to issue 97 of the TomCast Popcast, coming to you once again from the Tom Cave. My name is Tom. Thank you so much for taking the time and listening to this quality independent podcast. Please follow us on social media at TomCast Popcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show TomCastPopcast at gmail.com. And finally, you can join Pophead Nation at patreon.com forward slash TomCast Popcast, where you're going to get access to all kinds of super cool, awesome bonus content. It's so good. It's amazing stuff. At least I think it's pretty good. Um, trying to give you guys, trying to give everyone uh, who's a Patreon a little extra bang for their buck. We're doing, uh, we're doing videos. The podcast read segment is a video section of the show. We have audio commentary tracks for for movies that no one wants to watch. <laughs> No one but me, at least. Uh, but they're a lot of fun, and uh, I, I think i uh, providing some decent entertainment for everybody if you're a member of Pophead Nation. Thank you so much to the current members of Pophead Nation. Thank you to the Yasmin Hill Chody, the Batman of Bay Park, Mr. Jeff Nail, co-host of the Ring and Ear podcast, by the way. Thank you to Evil Circle, the evilest of all the circles, and the Squidmaster General. He's back, and he's better than ever, Mr. Brian Broussard. Finally, please subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever platform you prefer. And uh, like the show, share the show, and give us a five-star review if you, got the, if you have the time and the inclination. Let the good people know that we're doing quality work over here, and, and uh, they should give us a try, just like you have. So thank you so much again for listening. We have an uh, interesting show for you today. Uh, we're not going to be focused on one specific topic. This is not necessarily a news-based episode of the show, but there's a few things that have kind of popped up recently that I thought I deserved a little bit of, of ex- exploration. Uh, we're going to talk about the passing of Denny O'Neill, who is an uh, icon of the comic book community. So we're going to talk a little bit about that to open the show. Get, get, we'll get, but we're going to get the sad news out of the way. Uh, then we're going to have a little discussion on uh, what the hell's going on with the Batwoman TV show over on CW. Uh, and that will lead into a little bit of a conversation with uh, the new CW DC comic television series, Stargirl. Because uh, I have questions. And I don't know if Roger will have answers. But we're going to talk about it anyways. Uh, and then we're going to wrap up the show by talking about the brand new, coming soon, Star Wars Squadrons video game. Uh, I'm pretty excited about that. They just released a trailer for it online today. And it looks pretty darn awesome i'm uh, i'm gonna save some of my enthusiasm for for that conversation with mr raj so i I, i've spoiled it already roger's back this week he is as you know at jedi raj on twitter and instagram uh so roger and i'm gonna get caught up and uh have a usual fun carefree discussion and and kind of talk about the 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 things in pop culture that we want to talk about today uh if anything else pops up on our feed we'll get into that too but these are the main topics for the show today and you know, Roger and I, we, we tend to stay on topic, but there's always little sidetracks down the down the road of whimsy. Oh, that road of whimsy! It's one of my favorite roads. It's very whimsical. Anyways, all right. So get ready. Uh, we're gonna have a fun. I think it's gonna be a fun conversation. It's gonna be a fun episode, as it always is on the Tomcast podcast. Buckle up. Hold on to your butts. All right, joining me via the Skypes once again, back in the virtual Tom Cave. Roger's here. How are you, Raj? I'm doing good. Riding those uh, internet waves right now. <laughs> oh, so internet-y. The, the, the internet is working, but your phone was not today. That's right. Like T-Mobile went down. Is that what you told me? Yeah, it, it's for some reason. I, I couldn't figure out why, and it's been down for hours. Just like texts and phone calls are not really going through on T-Mobile. And I think even a few other networks were being affected by it. But yeah, I don't know. That's that's how Skynet takes over, I guess. Right? It doesn't take much. Uh, so, <laughs> before we kind of get into like the normal upbeat, fun portion of the show, there there is some sad news uh, that that came out on Friday, 
Uh, I thought about doing a, a special mini episode to talk about it, but I was like, you know what? Roger, I think Roger will appreciate this man and his work. And even if maybe the name yeah. the name doesn't ring a bell, uh, mm-hmm. what he's contributed to comic books is something that you will uh, be able to appreciate and, and respect. And uh, I'm, I'm referring to the passing of a comic book icon, uh, Denny O'Neill. Mm-hmm. Uh, he passed away on Friday. I think he was 81 years old. And yeah. uh, Denny did a lot of phenomenal work as a comic book writer and as a comic book editor, uh, mostly at DC Comics is where he mm-hmm. left like his largest impact, largest okay. imprint, if you will. Uh, though he, had, yeah. he did do some work at Marvel too. But uh, I, I think uh, the best way to put it is Denny is the guy who took Batman in the 70s uh, yeah. when when the, the comic book was mirroring the 66 TV show when Batman was just a campy-ass comic book. And yeah. Denny's the guy who brought back the Dark Knight aspect of the character uh, along with, mm-hmm. with uh, awesome artist Neil Adams. And they really put Batman kind of like back on the map, the Dark Knight detective, all the great things about Batman kind of came back to the forefront under Denny's writing and, uh, yeah. and, and Neil's amazing art. And very famously, he is the man who created Ra's al Ghul and his daughters. So the very man, nice. yeah, contributed a ton to the character, a, a lasting legacy. He was a writer on Batman for, for a very long time, and then he moved over to editorial on the Batman books. Uh, and cool. as an editor, he... he he co-wrote. Uh, no, actually, he did write. He wrote and uh, created Azrael. Nice. He oversaw the creation of Bane. <laughs> and then going back, and now here's how I tie it to Roger, because also going back into the '80s, he oversaw the firing of two different Robins. The Dick Grayson <laughs> Robin was fired under his watch, and the the the, uh, <laughs> the Jason uh, Jason dipshit Robin was killed <laughs> under his watch as well. Nice. Yeah, uh, so he had a lot of say in that, I guess. Yeah. So I mean, a lot of like big time Batman stories were impacted by him. Denny was also editor during during the the you know the whole thing when Batman's back was broken, uh, yeah. the Gotham City experience, the earthquake, the contagion, all this stuff. Denny oversaw all of it. He's a big big part of it. Uh, earlier back in the seventies, when he was still writing books, he did uh-huh. the Green Lantern, uh, Green Arrow team up book, the Hard Traveling Heroes, which uh, was revolutionary and in, in it's dealing with social issues. Uh, specifically, he's the one. It, it was under under this story where we, uh, it was revealed that uh, Speedy was a heroin addict, and okay. it got into a lot of uh, issues of race and why a character like Green Lantern has never tried to help the downtrodden, like the the the, the black Americans in the world, despite all yeah. of his power and his ability to help all these aliens of different races and and colors and stuff like that. But why won't he help the black man? And uh, mm. I mean, these stories are fifty years old, and we're still talking about this stuff nowadays. It, it's yeah. Fucking crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. And uh, uh, like I said, Denny did work at Marvel as well. He did some great stuff over with Daredevil after Frank Miller left. And uh, okay. Denny was a just an impactful guy, and he seemed like a really nice fella too. Um, uh, yeah. If anyone wants to to hear a wonderful interview with Denny, I I will actually plug another podcast, <laughs> which I don't I'll do very <laughs> often. Uh, but Kevin Smith's uh, uh, Bat, Fat Man or Fat Man Beyond? Yeah, Fat Man Fat Beyond. Man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they they just re-released the interview that uh, Kevin did with Denny O'Neill uh, five or six years ago when Kevin was first starting that podcast, uh-huh. uh, and it's fantastic. And it's like just three hours of like amazing Batman stories, and, and it's it's mm-hmm. it's really worth a listen to if you got the time, or do what I do and just break it up into small chunks and listen to it later as your yeah, day goes on. Sure. <laughs> uh, so sad news, you know, sad news from the comic book world, but uh, uh, Denny's impact uh, will be felt forever and ever and ever. So yeah, rest in peace. You good, sir? You. Yeah, definitely. Oh yeah. So let's <laughs> let's. We don't do well with sad news on this podcast, so we're gonna move on uh, quickly and yeah. with a as little of a seamless transition as possible. <laughs> yeah, we'll keep it upbeat from here on out. <laughs> but we are gonna stay uh, kind of in the DC milieu, if you will, because we're, we're yeah. gonna transition now over to talking about the CW. Yeah. And we'll start with the strange, crazy saga. Of the Batwoman TV series, yeah. Now, Roger, how did you do with this with the show? Did you watch any of it, or did you not give it a shot? You know, I just I never really got around to it. Uh, I haven't really watched, well, until today, anything CW in a really long time. Uh, last thing I saw was the Crisis crossover. So, so you got some um, Batwoman in that at least. Yeah, so I, I got to see her in action there and in the Elseworlds one prior. Right. Um, but other than that. I didn't really watch the show at all. Okay. No, fair enough. Now, before yeah. before we kind of get into it a little bit, I, sh- I should mm-hmm. indicate that, yes, we are drinking beer. 
Yeah. <laughs> Roger, what do you have, my friend? Well, you know, I was I was a little uh, I had a whole game plan set up here. I knew we were going to be talking about CW and uh, spoilers. We're going to be talking about Stargirl. And I had bought some Star Cloud from Modern Times and brought the cans to my friend's place <laughs> Uh-oh. and left my can there. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I was I just totally forgot. And I got home and I'm like, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just kind of going back to my, you know, Lost Coast IPA that I was drinking a couple episodes ago. Right on. I think I had a couple cans of that left. And, you yeah, know what, though? I'm going to give you mad props for your attempt at uh, at Synergy. On the podcast yeah. <laughs> because I didn't. Even, I saw Star Cloud on a shelf today, and I didn't even think twice about picking it up for the show. So, yeah, I, just, I thought it'd be funny. <laughs> yeah, no, it would have been great. Uh, <laughs> I went out beer shopping and I uh, was like, "Oh, I want these German beers," <laughs> so, so I, but that's not what I'm drinking today. I have uh, from our friends at Burgeon. I have yep. the clever kiwi. Nelson Hopped Pilsner. Oh, I am familiar. Yeah, this I love this beer. This one's really, really rad. It is just kind of like an all-day crusher. Uh, 5% even on the ABV. Oh, nice. But it's got that sweet Nelson Hops in there. Something we're all yeah. familiar with. And yeah, it's yep. it's been warm in San Diego lately. Yeah, it has. It, it warmed up a lot last week. This week's not so bad so It's, it's come down a little bit, but still. like This time of the day, you've been... You've been uh, Tom Cave adjacent when, when we've recorded it in the past. And, you know, when that sun gets to a certain level, uh, oh, yeah. the cave turns into a pizza oven and you, you start baking. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's baking, not bacon. <laughs> Sadly. Sadly. Not Sadly, not bacon, but baking. So, yeah, I, I need those crushers, especially this time of day, because it gets a little toasty in here. Sure. Yeah, no, that's definitely one I want to go back and have. Uh been kind of crushing those hoppy uh hoppy loggers lately yeah I've, I've been a big fan these these, these have been uh, scratching in a, a a particular itch for me right now drinking wise which has been lovely <laughs> very nice all right so let's let's get back to batwoman um it was a couple weeks ago i don't I, I don't even think we talked about it on the show because i kind of wanted to wait until we had more of a story or there'd been like an announcement of new casting and then we would have brought it yeah. all together uh, so I think I just kind of sat on, on on the story, but I mean everyone knows by now. I, th- I think you and yeah. I texted about it even. Uh, yeah. You know Ruby Rose quit at the, after the end of the season. She will mm-hmm. no longer be Kate Kane slash Batwoman. Yeah. And now initially, they were uh, CW the showrunners on the show they were just going to replace her and have a new Kate Kane and a new Batwoman. Uh, yeah. But then it came out uh, uh, roughly a week later that mm-hmm. no 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 they're not going to do that. They're going to introduce an entirely new character and almost uh, reboot the show in its second mm-hmm. season. Yeah. And I was curious, as someone who only has that, that kind of like a passing familiarity with Batwoman. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I watched like five or six episodes and I, I grew to not like it very much. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm hoping that we're coming at this from two different angles. But as someone who didn't really watch the show, are you yep. more intrigued by a rebooted Batwoman or are you still kind of like, man, whatever? It sounds like a mess, and I don't want to get involved. (laughs) You know, I mean, I was never wholly opposed to it. And from what I hear, you know, Ruby Rose, she probably wasn't really the problem with the show. I I feel like uh, just from what I'd been reading, reviews and things like that, that the writing wasn't great. And, you know, it just didn't take it in the right directions that we, uh, as Batwoman comic fans, are familiar with, you Mm -hmm. know. Um, But, yeah, it's... uh, I, I had a tough time trying to like figure out what would be the better route here, you know, cause it's like, it's so early on that to like reboot the series seems so harsh. You know, you, you've seen things come back in seasons two and three and other shows and really bring the show around and to kind of like soft reboot, it seems a little weird. I think maybe if you casted somebody as Kate Kane, you know, that just maybe kind of did the character more justice. And, um, you know, if they just improve the writing. But I just, I really have no idea what their plans are at this point. I know there have been a few things here and there. Um, but, yeah, I, I think there was even a, 
some talks that uh, people were like hoping for uh, the character that play or the actress that plays Rosa from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Right. Yes, I've heard this. Saw that. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I thought that would that would have been great. She's a she's a great actress, and you know, really fits that role well. Um, so that would have been cool to see her because she we already see her like you know kicking ass already. Yes. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, I, I hear their their plans are kind of they're they're going for a new character to take Batwoman's place. Yeah, and it sounds like a character who will be very disconnected from, uh, I, I guess like the Bruce Wayne sort of legacy of Batman, you know, because. Kate was her was Bruce's cousin, but this yeah. sounds like a whole new kind of like we're gonna get away from all of this, and that maybe at the beginning of season two it'll be sort of like the mystery of like what happened to Kate Kane sort of thing. Yeah, and then that'll lead, supposedly will lead into the 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 rise of this new Batwoman who will who will take the care who will take over for season two. Now, unfortunately, I had really hoped we get some casting news about this before we started talking about the story. Yeah, but you know, we we don't have a lot of inf- information to go on. Um, mm-hmm. I I do sort of think the show needs a reboot, but it depends how hard of a reboot they decide to do. There's yeah, I talked a little bit when the, when the show debuted. There's a lot of aspects of the story that I don't like. I don't mm-hmm. like these these crow characters that are substitutes for cops. I I don't like. I didn't like the family dynamic that they came up with for Kate and her father and, and her, her step-siblings and, and stepmother. Yes. And I didn't, I didn't care for any of it. And um, I, I suppose I'm intrigued by the idea of a reboot. Mm-hmm. Because as a, as a comic book reader, uh, sometimes <laughs> a reboot is necessary. Sure, yeah, yeah that's true. And, and sometimes it can, uh, you know, bringing you know, new creators onto a comic book will in- inject that character with, with, you know, a new life and a new direction creatively. Yeah. I, I can only hope this will do the same thing because I'm kind of on my last legs with the, with the Berlanti CW universe because it's, it's just wearing me down. It's kind of sure. beating the shit out of me this past season. Like the flash <laughs> has been atrocious. And yeah. <laughs> I know uh, the flash still has a lot of lovers of it, but man, yeah. I don't know what they're watching. Because <laughs> I ain't one of them. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah, so it's it's just this a really strange saga, and and um, you know by by all uh, uh, measurements that we are are privy to, the Batwoman was a hit, is a successful show. So of course they're going to continue it, but uh, I don't know uh, how I feel necessarily about this this new direction, but. I didn't like the first season that much, so it can only be a step in the right direction, I would think. Yeah, it's hard to see it getting worse, you know? It's like, I know, I think, you know, numbers-wise, I think it was doing okay. Mm-hmm. I, you know, they were definitely losing viewers uh, in large numbers, but, you know, like we said, that was probably people like you that were like, watched the first, you know, few episodes and were kind of like, yeah, this isn't for me kind of thing, you know? So... I feel like that was probably true of a lot of people, but uh, you know we can we can only hope that you know something better comes of it. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And I, you know, it, TV is is such a different beast than than comic books uh, because you know Kate Kane in the comics, Batwoman in particular in the comics, is it's a very yeah. uh, progressive character. It's it's a uh, uh, I, I hope I don't stumble too badly here. The LBGTQ community. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, very friendly to the to that community and, and, and a character sure. that many people in that community resonate with, and and so it, sure. it, it is uh, it's great in that regard and in, in the, the way that it, it brings in these new viewers who are uh, just of, of different backgrounds and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but but with, with TV, that's a much more vocal audience than if yeah. a few comic book fans get upset about something, you know. <laughs> yeah. So true. so Batwoman is a tricky character to handle. Um, yeah. You know, we don't we don't a hundred percent know the reasons why Ruby Rose left. There's a lot of yeah. speculation that she, uh, that the the toll of of being Batwoman on a on a on a regular basis of a of, you know a, a long form television series was was pretty grueling. You yeah. know, you're on that call sheet 12, 14 hours a day or whatever it is, even probably even longer. There's a lot of physicality. Apparently, she'd been hurt on set a couple different times. Yeah, yeah, pretty bad from what I hear. Yeah, and so uh, it, it's it's a grind, and and um, you know that that speculation as to re- that, if that's the reason why, or if there was more to it than that. Um, yeah. But you know the the mantle of the bat is not for everyone. Yeah, sure. 
<laughs> this is true. Heavy it's heavy rest the the head that wears the cowl. <laughs> yeah, I think the one thing that I just want them to make sure is that this doesn't just become Batwoman in name alone, you know? Like there has to be some tie back to the Bat family, you know? That's that's kind of the whole thing. And for for a long time, uh, you know, Batwoman as a character kind of stood semi-separate from like a lot of the story arcs where there was crossovers, especially like in the new 52 stuff, um, you know, Batwoman was notably absent from a lot of those crossovers. Mm -hmm. Um, and it wasn't until later on that, you know, that main series ended and she kind of got tied into detective comics for a while. Right. And just all that stuff that, you know, you actually saw her integrate more, which was cool to see. But, um, yeah, definitely. I just, I, I really want them to see them do that character justice, you know, I want him to, you know, just really just up the writing, you know, like give her give her awesome like personality traits, give her something to work towards to better, you know, not just I don't know, just from everything I'd seen, just trailers and everything. It's like, well, she was already good at everything. You know, <laughs> you don't really get that like hero's journey when you start off just being better than everyone. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree that I think they could they could have handled things a lot differently, but uh, uh, they're. It's it's hard to say what their intentions were. I I do think that, again the first season was a bit of a mess. I I sure. bailed out fairly early into it, so I don't know if it ever found its footing. Um, yeah. But you know, also a lot of shows. I mean, we've been around long enough. We've watched enough TV shows to know that like sometimes that first season always is you know can be a bit rocky from start to finish. But you yeah. get you get your legs under sure. you in season two. Now it seems like season two uh, becomes like another season one where it's very transitional and and we have to kind of learn who this new person is going to be and if they're going to connect with the audience or or not so it sure. it's i feel like that one's gonna a, a bit of an uphill battle but I, I really hope it works out and i hope they're able to kind of uh, uh use this opportunity to kind of galvanize themselves as a, as a tv series and, and and uh you know kind of take the swirl of chaos around it and spin it into a positive direction and, and really get get going sure. Yeah, yeah, I think that's definitely what they need right now. So hopefully we see that. And uh, like I said, if they can do the character justice, that's going to be a, a great character to you know get behind. So. Yeah, I totally agree. And like I said, uh, that this this brilliantiverse verse is wearing me down. So we need we need somebody to kind of be our be our lightning rod to to, to yeah. galvanize the audience again. But maybe we have found that character already in in the new CW series. Uh, yeah, a bit of a cosmic rod, if you will. Bit, a bit of a cosmic <laughs> rod, exactly. Yeah, uh, we're talking about the new Star Girl television mm-hmm. series. Uh, I've been watching this for a few weeks now. I know Roger just kind of you kind of binged it all today. Um... Yeah, I sped watch it. <laughs> if that's a thing. Yeah. So, so what are your kind of overall impressions of of the show? You know, I I'm liking it a lot more than I thought I would. Okay. I kind of went into it, you know, no no expectations. I'm like, okay. You know, it's I, I had seen the trailers. It looked fine. Like I, I was optimistic for it, but I wasn't like overly excited. You know, um, I, I liked the callback to the original Justice Society of America characters and was just really curious how they were going to take these, you know, old timey characters and make them modern, you know. So just seeing what they're doing so far seems really cool. Um, really liking Luke Wilson in this, I think. uh the basically everyone in this is is really good so far uh i'm loving the little kid <laughs> he's funny as hell like, yeah see that's I, the... he, <laughs> that's... I like him i think he's kind of like <laughs> like a smarmy almost like you know dick grayson kind of wit to him but like you know young little kid um, uh, well i want to i, I, I kind of want to see the, the jason go joker todd on this kid and beat him with a crowbar <laughs> drives me nuts i thought his jokes were good i don't know maybe it's just me but <laughs> Everything he said so far kind of uh, kind of landed with me, so that that might be my legit humor in this regard. But uh, but yeah, no, overall I'm really liking the show. Everything I'm seeing, like I'm I'm hooked. Basically, you know, I was like like I said, I was a quarter of the way into episode four when uh, when we started this. So I I just kept going as much as I could. Yeah, yeah, right on. Um, I I, I like the show as well. Uh, there are some things that I, like, I, I guess I have a lot of questions, but I know, I know the show's kind of like doling out some of the mysteries and, and kind of teasing things, you know, so you, you sure. stick around to kind of see, 
the who's who and the what's what and what's happening with so-and-so and why and why and blah, 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 blah. And like, what is the deal with the, with the cosmic rod? And okay. We mentioned Ted Knight, the real star man, but like, why don't we know what's going on with him? And, and all these oh. different kind of things, which by the way, I did really enjoy uh, uh, Joel McHale as Starman in the first episode. I thought that was pretty funny. That was pretty good. It caught me off guard. I'm like, Oh, okay. We're doing that. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree with you on there on, on that point. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's interesting to see for this kind of mystery to be built into the, into the thing. Like I said, they, they kind of just kind of name drop some stuff, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, like I said, they, they name dropped Ted Knight and they, they've shown, you know, the first thing they open with is basically like the death of the justice society. You know, they're, they're just yeah. getting mauled by the injustice society uh, yep. And it's a pretty interesting way to start a series. You know, we're watching <laughs> yeah. a bunch of superheroes you don't know get killed. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, it, it, I guess where I would be concerned is, like you said, the, this is the, the Justice Society is the Golden Age superheroes. Like the, they're the ones who came before the superheroes that we all kind of really know. Like the the old Green Lantern, the old Flash. You know, the yeah. Sandman and Doctor Midnight and 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 yeah. All of them, like they—they were all kind of like the precursors of the characters that most people are familiar with. Yeah. So they're like they're very, very different. Um, it was an interesting way to bring and bring them into the fold, but like old-time people like us make those connections. <laughs> but I definitely get the feeling for this show. This is not a show for old-time comic book fans. <laughs> mm. Like this is definitely a show that I think it's geared towards a younger audience. It wants mm-hmm. a younger audience. And is going to teach the younger audience who these characters are through new iterations of them, uh, yeah. which I do like to a certain extent. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm specifically referring to episode four because I don't know how far you've gotten necessarily in episode four. Uh-huh. So so potentially mild spoilers for you here. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> but the, the, I mean, the, the episode's titled, titled Wildcat. So yeah. we're going to get a new Wildcat, which is great. I oh. love the character of Wildcat. Mm-hmm. Where I kind of have some questions is how do I how do I put this without, without sounding so callous about it? Um, it the the TV series seems to intimate that yes, Wildcat, aka Ted Grant, in in the old iteration, could fight. He had fighting skills of his own, but it seems to imply that most of his other powers come from like a super suit. <laughs> Interesting, and that's okay. kind of how these uh these teenagers are going to be able to kind of like take on the mantles of these characters is because they're basically going to have like it seems to be are going to have some kind of powered suits that kind of grant them the abilities i see yeah and i don't know quite how i feel about that and if i don't know if i'm just being an old fogey <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i guess just from what we've seen it looks like everybody you know, left some sort of item behind. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know, like like I said, I haven't seen the end of this episode, so I don't know if it seems like the mask gives her power or the suit or whatever, but, um, I mean, everyone else, it kind of makes sense, you know, like, yeah, Green Lantern, obviously. Um, you know, I'm not too familiar with many of the other characters, so. That's okay. Uh, I don't know where they're. I mean, if you're gonna if, from. if you're gonna watch the show, you're gonna you're gonna you'll you'll find out. I'll find out, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's definitely a qualm. But I feel like it might just be an issue with the more human centric ones that kind of were more a la Batman, where they just were skilled in what they did, you know, as opposed to being granted some superpower by some object. Yeah, and it, the Justice Society was kind of a fair mix of all of that. Like, you know, humans uh, who are good at one thing or, like, empowered by by something. Like, like our man is, is super-powered for an hour at a time. And, <laughs> and you funny. know, <laughs> Oh, you weren't familiar with that power. <laughs> no, no, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, no, he takes, cool. uh, he takes, like, a little pill, <laughs> and he gets super-powered for an hour. That's really cool. That's why I mean, he's our man. In the context of the show, it'll last the whole episode. Yeah, uh, but I don't, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm kind of curious, like, is that the mess, is, is, that's a very strange message to kind of convey to children nowadays, take a pill and be super powerful for an hour. <laughs> yeah, that might not work the same. So I'm kind of curious how they're going to change some of these things, and, uh, uh, you know, Sandman's another character who's just a guy, uh, but then yeah. you have characters, like you said, like you mentioned Green Lantern, and there's there's a Flash in, in, the, in the Justice Society, and I'm assuming there'll be a new Dr. Flash. Dr. Fate, maybe. Dr. Fate, but he's very mystical-powered. Uh, they yeah. even imply. I think you. I think you saw it in the episode because you watched the icicle episode, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. So like they're in the hall of, of the Justice Society and like you see the pen, the pink pen with the with yeah. the lightning bolt in it. And you're like, okay, well the lightning bolt's gonna be so like it's gonna be like this weird mix of like tech from the super suits and then like the mystical stuff because that pen is not just being shown for no good reason. Like the lightning bolt's gonna yeah. show up and do some badass shit. Yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, I don't know if you saw it in the in the episode four in episode four, but when uh, when when Court has taken all the stuff from the headquarters, and she starts mm. playing with the pen and thinks it's just a pen, you know that's going to yeah. be a disaster at some point. Oh yeah, I'm waiting for it. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and the show is is, is is totally fun and charming in in a lot of ways. So I I'm not mad yeah. about it at all. Uh, these are definitely old man nitpicks. Um, but I'm also curious if, from your perspective as a, as a father, like how do, how do you view it? If you view it a little, a little differently than I do as a, uh, uh, bitter old man with no offspring. You know, it it is something that kind of stuck with me. Like there, there's certain sections where, yeah, definitely being in that very similar situation of, you know, obviously it would be more difficult coming into it later. Like it is in the show, but you know, just being a, a stepfather to somebody and trying to find, avenues to connect with them Mm -hmm. you know just trying to find how to be a dad to them in a way that you know they they accept you you know um like i said it wasn't it wasn't as difficult for me because obviously it started a lot earlier in his life and work to work kind of just he grew naturally with it but i can only imagine how difficult it would be if you know he was that age and i just kind of popped into the life you know sure so so yeah it's uh it's definitely something where i'm like you know sometimes you do have that i i maybe that's why i like luke uh luke wilson's character so much it's just like pat just seems like the chillest guy you know with like all the lame dad jokes right right but, right you know really really cares about the family and is a really good dude like all around so it just seems really cool no, I, I agree with you. I think I think uh, I think Luke Wilson's doing a damn fine job, uh, yeah. uh, so far as as Pat. And I think the I think the robot looks pretty darn good. Uh, the stripe armor yeah. robot is pretty cool looking. Nice little touch yeah. there. Uh, um, let's let's talk a little bit about some of the some of the mysteries into the show. One sure. one of the main ones being uh, Courtney's assumption. That she is the daughter of Stargirl because she has like a smeared picture that kind of sort of looks like it might be Joe McHale. Yeah. It's not going to be that simple, right? It it can't be. There's no way. No, I I think it's, it's kind of setting it up for like a slight bait and switch kind of thing where it's like, she's, I mean, she's just so adamant about it that if they just gave it to her like that, it would just, it would take away from it, you know, like it, it just would seem not earned. Because, like, it's like, yeah, okay, so she knew it the whole time. Yeah, she wins, I guess, right? But, <laughs> like, just storytelling-wise, it doesn't seem like that would be a satisfying end to it, you know? Yeah. Uh, let me ask you, too, about about the, the, the Cosmic Rod. Uh, mm-hmm. So, in the comic books, unless it's changed significantly, uh, oh. in the TV show, the, the, the Cosmic Rod's basically sentient to a, to a certain like it, extent. Yeah. How's that play for you? Uh, I'm, you know, I'm okay with it. I'm kind of treating it like, you know, Dr. Strange's cape kind of thing. I think that's exactly what they were going for, honestly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Where it's kind of like, it seems to do its own thing sometimes, but other times it's just like completely at her disposal. So yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's whatever. I'm not really thinking about it too much. It's like, yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll give it to you. (laughs) Yeah. I'm kind of going with it. Uh, because I am definitely intrigued if we'll learn more about Ted Knight, the original yeah. Starman, uh, at some point during the season, and maybe that we'll get some answers to some of the some of the things that I'm wondering. I I guess again, this is my old my old old man fanboy uh, nerd thing where I'm like, okay, I like these mysteries, but if you're just gonna tease them out over the course of like five seasons, I don't care. I need I kind of need sure. some, or or at the very least give me like little bit kernels along the way so sure. that I stay interested in it. Um, yeah. Because yeah, like, watching those first couple episodes, I was definitely as, as a reader of, of justice society comic books and kind of knowing uh, these characters paths and where they came from. Yeah. Some of it did like ring weird to me. I was like, I, that's not how that worked, but you know, you, you got, you got to give the show a chance to get develop its own mythology and it doesn't have to be like a super mm-hmm. legitimate adaptation because like I said, 
uh, the, the show's definitely geared towards younger people, and uh, I don't sure. I don't want to be that guy who's poo pooing on it because I'm I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it definitely does does have that uh, going for it, where it does deal with like a lot of issues, um, seemingly that would affect kids more than anything. But yeah, I, I feel like it's not so far out there that you would just kind of like not relate to what was going on. You know, it's like, I think it, it stays pretty, uh, pretty, I guess I wouldn't say family friendly, but anyone in the family could understand what's going on and kind of relate to it in a sense. Yeah. I, and, and on, on that note, I mean, I'm very curious to, to know more what you think, uh, after, after the end of episode four, because, uh, uh it, it kind of gets, in, like, I was a little uncomfortable watching episode four because, yeah. Uh, I guess I had you know, I I am a a a man. I am not a, a I'm not a girl. I'm definitely not a teenage girl. Uh, sure. But their depiction of uh, female bullying in in high school is like, wow, this is fucking awful. Like this is one of the worst yeah. I've ever seen on TV. And like this is a CW show for God's sake. Sure, it's like I think I would have rather been thrown into a locker than deal with that stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's like it, it's like so harsh. I just, I, and yeah. you know, I mean, without going in, into new, like the nitty gritty details of of what occurred, I mean, it's just for me, I was just overwhelmed by. It. I was like, oh, oh my god, this is so intense. And then, yeah, I guess the part that really upset me the most. I mean, okay, bullying in high school, I get it; it's still a thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I I grew up with bullies. I, I understand that part of it. That, that all makes sense to me. Um, the the part that like blew my mind the most was uh, the way her family treats her after the bullying stuff yeah. happens, and and the 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 incident that kind of sure. is shaping the new Wildcat into into being Wildcat. I was just, I was just blown away by the way the family was. Yeah, I was like, they're awful. <laughs> yeah, they're not being supportive at all and it's like they're training her to be a serial killer (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's kind of terrible but you know not uh not something i'm you know unfamiliar with it it, maybe it comes from just being kind of more like her her obviously she's latina her family's latino um you know it, it kind of it makes sense it made sense to me because that's kind of what i would expect from you know as growing up in that kind of more or less kind of that background okay having having friends that obviously would have those kind of family members you know and it's i i can definitely see with with what happened in her context it definitely made sense i'm like yeah that's definitely how parents uh would act in that situation um okay all right not not saying yeah not saying it's it's the right way to go about it because you know it's I, I just do not believe that you can blame your kids for, for such, you know, for being kids, you know, especially teenagers. It's like kids make mistakes and, you know, you have to accept that they're going to go about things in a certain way. And it's, it's very much one of the more difficult things probably in like Latino culture when it comes to like, you know, the, in regards to the bullying situation, which was around sexuality. And that's just co- always kind of a weird issue to deal with oh a hundred percent i mean like, yeah. like i said i'm not a parent and I, I was sitting there getting like the like i was, I had, I was like squirming i was like oh my god i'd be so uncomfortable yeah yeah no it, it did make you like it really made you hurt for the girl uh-huh. which is i i thought I, I think one thing the show does pretty well is kind of you know the the emotional points they hit pretty hard and pretty well um so in that regard yeah i i felt for her and it's like it sucks that like it really makes that point of like you know we 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 live in a society where you know this kind of thing happens you know yeah or unfortunately the person who's the victim ends up being the one you know blamed almost where you know like like i said i just i don't believe that you can that you should blame kids for being kids teenagers for being teenagers and it just i i like i said i haven't finished the whole episode yet but i'm really hoping it makes a point of showing that you know we we need to be focusing on the people who did the bad not you know kids for being kids well i, I won't spoil the very end um it's interesting though there yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> I, I was i was really thinking it was gonna go one way and it, it did not <laughs> oh okay well, now, that's, let me that's good uh, let, let me ask you this if again do you, do you do you think this might be too obvious but will the mean girl be related to some one of the bad guys 
I, I mean, off the bat, I was like, it's got to be a snake guy, right? <laughs> That's right. They do, they do have Sepentor working for them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm like, I mean, I could totally see that. But I don't know. It's, it's like, it's obvious, but it's like, I, I kind of almost want it to be just so that way it makes sense that she's that evil. <laughs> right. But uh, that's, but again, uh, to, I mean, to that point, I, that's why I kind of hope they don't go that route and, and just, yeah. you know, it's, it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, like from a storytelling perspective, I'd love to know that she's just that awful and it's not because she's the daughter of a supervillain. <laughs> yeah. But in the other regard, you, it's like, you want some sort of justification for why she's so mean to everyone. <laughs> well, you, you do. But I mean, I, I think if, if, if we're learning anything from everything that, that's as, as our society burns to the ground around us, uh, <laughs> is that justification, we never get it. There's, there's yeah. pretty basically zero justification in the, in the real world. So why should the CW give me justification for someone's awfulness? yeah it's 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 interesting storytelling aspects are like it's tough you like you want it to be close to reality but at the same time not close enough to where it's just the mundane every day you know yeah so it's it's hard to say i honestly i think i'd be happy either way i think if they could pull off a cool twist i think it'd be good but right now it seems obvious and maybe they're trying to do another bait and switch sure but uh We'll see. I guess that'll be fun to watch. Let me let me ask you another question. As as a, uh, a parental guardian, um, yes, w- would you, would this be a show that you you want to go down the well to, uh, with Little Man and and share Star Girl with him and re- you know, kind of you like know, rewatch it? I think it? I might. I, I think he would he would definitely find it interesting uh, to a certain degree. Um, I don't think that there's anything you know in the show that that he was he would be you know, uncomfortable with or really unfamiliar with. I mean, the the subject matter of episode four might be a little deep. You might not really get that yet, but I think he, he'll just understand that somebody's being bullied and you know, made to feel really bad. Um, well, and at the, at the very, at the, at the worst, I mean, you have like a little conversation about, you know, sure. bullying and stuff like that, but. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's, it's way out of, you know, left field that he's just going to be completely confused. I think it's, it's, it's a good show to where there's enough, you know, humor and quips for like every generation that I think it'll work out watching it with the family. So I'd probably recommend it in that regard. Yeah. I I think I wanted to as well, but I definitely wanted to, uh, to talk to somebody who has a child (laughs) at home and and can can vouch for me on that, that I'm not just a crazy person. Uh, in, in a lot of ways it is kind of, uh, it's kind of like Shazam in, in that, you know, that kind yeah. of all ages appeal. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. So I really like Shazam. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was great. I mean, there's like one or two dark things, but th- that's the same yeah. with this show. I mean, there's, there's flashes of like some more kind of a, a, a darker adult kind of, not like adult content, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. You, you do start the show watching people get killed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. Basically. And yeah. not, not in an overt kind of gory way by any means, but yeah, it's very comic booky. Yeah, and it's very CW-ish. You know, it, it's, yeah. uh, you know, you get you get the a, a guy gets killed with with a flying icicle. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> nothing they haven't seen before. No, I mean, especially if your kids are, are even remotely familiar with uh, uh, comic books or, I mean, even Star Wars. I mean, it's it's that kind of violence. It's that level. Sure. Yeah. 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 So like, I, I like the show. I ha- I have my my quibbles and my concerns. Uh, I I hope they kind of get some of these mysteries uh, answered sooner rather than later. But if, like I said, yeah. if, if you tease it out in the right way, I can, I can go along with it. Yeah. I think especially like the Ted Knight stuff, like you said, uh, I think they kind of set that up that they're going to give us answers this season. Cause I think it'd be stupid not to with his line of, Oh, that's a story for another day. Yeah. Like obviously yeah. that he's going to talk about it, but you know, well, and there there are some people who uh, are are very familiar with the Starman character working on this show, and I think that's uh, yeah. really good and really important stuff because uh, it is going to and and add a layer of, a, of kind of like authenticity for us hardcore nerds uh, to kind of sure. keep watching. But I I think the show is really good at having a a broader appeal for a less familiar audience. Like you don't have to have read, uh, you know, the the Courtney character is like maybe fifteen years old. You yeah. know, there's only been in comics, I should say, for like 15 years or so. You know, it's, it's oh, a right. relatively well, new character. Too, isn't she? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> but she's been 15 for 15 years. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
so yeah, like, a, a, a relatively new character that's as you know easy for young people to get into her adventures in comic book and in TV show. So I, I think the show works on a lot of, a lot of different levels. Uh, I'm kind of hoping I can uh, get my my angry old nerd to subside a little bit while I watch the show sometimes. Uh, sure. But I'm, I'm looking forward to, to kind of seeing how this first season goes. I think the first season is only ten or thirteen episodes. It was supposed to be DC Universe only at first, right? Wasn't that the yeah, story? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that was the plan originally, but then they decided to throw it out to CW also. So. Yeah, so uh, uh, possibly this will be the, the cosmic rod we need to kind of re- revigorate the, the, the CW uh, universe to an extent because, like I said, the Flash is garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd really like to see that. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of love the... The, the small campiness of the show, you know, it doesn't take itself too seriously. Um, yeah, I'm having fun with it. And, uh, I'm looking forward to more. We'll see how it goes. We'll, we'll, this might be a show we, we come back to maybe at the end of the season and we'll kind of like recap the whole thing and, and kind of discuss yeah. our, the highs and lows and, and you know, the hits and misses of it. Sure. Yeah, for sure. All right. All right. Let's, let's get off a TV show and let, let's kind of talk about something that we don't get into too often uh, on the show. Well, I guess, right. I guess it depends how you look at it because we do talk about Star Wars a lot. But yes. we don't talk about Star Wars video games very often. No, not enough. <laughs> and uh, yeah, not enough. And and today, uh, Ele- Electronic Arts released the the new trailer. Yeah. For their next Star Wars video game that's coming out pretty darn soon. Actually, I think it was like October, October. November. October. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Coming out. Like, I think it's the first week of October, if I remember. October fifth, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And that would be uh, Star Wars Squadrons. And yes. this is kind of sort of at least for me, the game yeah. I think I've been waiting for the longest, like a new flight simulator yeah. game, basically. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm really uh, keyed up for this. One of my favorite video game experience, experiences was, you know, going back to like the early to mid-90s, uh, mm-hmm. was playing X-Wing and TIE Fighter on, on my dad's yeah. PC way back when. Uh, I fucking love those games so very, very much. And, yeah. you know... The consoles, Xbox and PlayStation, have kind of dabbled in some flight games with Star bit. Wars in the past, uh, but never in that same way that I got I got the, the thrill of flying like an X-Wing and a TIE Fighter like I did in those early PC games that were much sure. more simulator-based. Um, yeah. I don't know how simulator-based this will be, but visually speaking, it looks really, really exciting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that definitely. The, the trailer really did it justice. I think they were definitely trying to, like, go back for those X-Wing TIE Fighter vibes, uh, like the old games. Um, I mean, just the fact that it's squadrons, you literally get to play both sides of it from right. the looks of it. Yeah. So that's, that's, I mean, I think that was one of the coolest things, just after playing the original X-Wing, you know, getting used to how your ship flew and the shields and everything. And then switching to TIE Fighter and being like, oh, wow, this thing handles completely differently. Yeah. Like, you got to worry about all these different things. And then uh, I don't know if you uh, if you played much Rogue Squadron when that came out. Was, the, that, uh, was, was that on PC GameCube? It was N64. N64, then I probably did. Okay, yeah, that one, Rogue Squadron, was... It was, like, third person. I think you could play it first person. Right, but you're kind of, like, behind the ship in that one. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that one was, I think that was probably the one that stuck with me more. I, I only had like very small experience with X-Wing and TIE Fighter at my friend's house. Sure. I basically played that every time I went to his place. But um, but yeah, no, Rogue Squadron was like the first one that I had on my own. I had it on the computer. I think I even had like a little joystick flight stick to go with it. Mm-hmm. But I was just playing with that in the mouse. And yeah, it was super fun. I was used to love those games just to be able to control your squadron and you know, fly around, fly around in an X-Wing, you know? That's the, the coolest freaking thing. So. Yeah, I, I had a flight stick for, for X-Wing and TIE Fighter as well, and I yeah. loved it. It was so cool, like, flipping the little switches to toggle your shields either forward or yeah. back. Oh, yeah. it was so fun. Yeah, I think if they if they really go hard on this and really give you the control like they did in the originals, that's going to be something cool. And I think people have been wanting a new Rogue Squadron-style game for a long time. So I think that if they find like that middle ground of like the old school flight sim of X-Wing and TIE Fighter with kind of like the, the dog fighting combat from Rogue Squadron, I think that's going to be really cool. Yeah, I agree with you. And I'm really excited that they're using, uh, you know, the Rebel and Imperial era, uh, the, the classic Star Wars era yeah. as, as, it, as it is, uh, as kind of like the main, main backdrops. You know? So yeah, you're getting X-Wings and TIE Fighters and TIE Bombers and, and Interceptors. And you'll probably, I'm assuming you'll have A-Wings and Y-Wings and B-Wings. 
Sure. It'll it 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 looks like a hoot. Uh, Wedge Antilles is in the is in the trailer, so I'm assuming I get to hang out with Wedge in the game at least for a little bit. Oh, that's funny. I didn't, I didn't even realize it was him. Oh yeah, he's <laughs> the one who gives like the like the like the little head nod, like hey over here, chump. Yeah. Okay, I got you. Yeah, yeah. Watch that trailer <laughs> again, buddy. It's Wedge. Wedge time. That's cool. Yeah, I I, I, I um. I'm very excited for this game. <laughs> I can't. There's no other way to really put it. It's. Uh, I just hope it kind of scratches that itch that uh, that I have in the and you know maybe it's it's like the nostalgia in my brain that that uh, yeah. kind of like amps up my memories of Tie Fighter and, and X Wing, but yeah. but the games the flight games that came out like the Starfighter games that were on PlayStation Two back in the day and like that those okay. were fun and they were fine, yeah. But they never really kind of resonated with the way those those first ones did. Yeah, I I, I remember playing those. I remember. Uh... There was, you know, after Rogue Squadron, you know, there was a couple sequels to that. And then, yeah, like you said, they had the Starfighter games, mm-hmm. which were like prequel era. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they they were all right. I remember playing the hell out of them because that's pretty much all I had at the time. But, yeah, I just remember it was kind of just like fly around and shoot things for a bit and now go to this place and do the same thing. So it kind of got to the point where you're just like, okay, I'm just floating around and there's stuff floating around me and i just shoot at everything yeah as opposed to like really feeling like you're like in a dog fight and escaping stuff yeah um, it, it was a perfectly serviceable game but it, it was yeah it not was quite the immersive experience i wanted and i you know i think i think the other aspect of it too is is uh with those x-wing and tie fighter games was uh there was a fair amount of the, of the mythology in those games like the old expanded universe canon uh kind of was woven into them. Like there was an X-Wing mission uh, where you are uh, attacking uh, a, 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 not like a convoy necessarily, but it was a, you've, you've obtained, uh, you know, Grand Moff Tarkin's flight path and you're going to attack one of his shuttles and you don't get Tarkin, but you end up freeing his uh, slave tactical assistant, a guy by the name of Akbar. And it's like, fuck yeah, dude, I just saved that from Akbar. This is rad. And now you're going to come work for the rebels. Yeah. You know, it was it was stuff like that. Like they kind of like wove it in into into the Star Wars mythology, yeah. playing with with some of that canon. And uh, maybe that's one of the reasons why the other games never really resonated quite the same way. Like you said, Starfighter and Jedi Starfighter were prequel era games. So I mean, yeah, you know, we had mythology, but it was all just like in the films. This sure, was like, yeah. oh, this is stuff that's going to connect to things that are down the road. This is really cool. And then in Tie Fighter, you had uh, the Emperor and his secret Sith army of Tie pilots. I mean, it was fucking yeah. rad. Yeah, it was super cool. Just, just everything about those games were awesome. I, I haven't even seen them played in years, so it's like literally just the memories of it. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's like a mod of it somewhere on the internet that you can download and play. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like there's entire websites dedicated to stuff like that. But I, yeah, I'm too, uh, too much of a luddite to figure out how to make them work. So I'll probably never get to revisit it. But uh, now I'm, I may not have to now with this new Squadrons game coming out. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful for it. I mean. Uh, even if it were just a Rogue Squadron, like basically a Rogue Squadron sequel, mm-hmm. I think I'd be happy with it. Just because I remember having so much fun with the original Rogue Squadron, and you know that was like one of the first real well done uh, Battle of Hoth simulators that you could do. Dude, there <laughs> were so many games that, that went to Hoth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, so it was pretty fun. I, f- I feel like for a long time, like that was like the measuring stick that video games had. Yeah. Like, can we do Hoth better than the other guys did? Let's give it a try. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think they definitely did it better than Shadows of the Empire. Um, but it was still hard as hell. Like, yeah. You had to like angle like roping around it. And if you went too far out, your tow cable just fell off. Dude. It was frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the, the snowspeeder is not as responsive as you might like. <laughs> nope. It's like a paper airplane, basically. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I remember getting so frustrated a couple times, especially on the the Shadows of the Empire version, where it's like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> like, yeah, I, like I, I would make like two or two or three passes, and I was like, "I got it right," and they're like, "Nope, keep going." It's like, "Fuck!" <laughs> on the last one, it falls off. Yeah, or like, yeah, or yeah. like some somebody shot you or crashed into you or whatever. And you're like, "God damn it!" <laughs> Piece of shit. Yeah. Oh man. So yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I am as well. Uh, Raj, that's kind of all I got for us today, bud. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been kind of light lately. Oh, actually, <laughs> real quick though, I was gonna say like the 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 one thing that's really nice about about this announcement today about about the Star Wars game, uh, is that yeah. you know 
we're kind of because of COVID and, and, and everything going on. I mean, a lot of things are getting canceled and delayed and postponed. Uh, it's nice that this trailer was released and, and we have something to look, to look forward to. Yeah. You know, so that that's that's the good news. They they didn't uh, decide to uh, ha- tell us bad news like, oh, by the way, this isn't coming out till 2021 now. Yeah, yeah, no, we, we've been having a lot of issues with that. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited that this one's coming out relatively soon. So let's let's hope for the best. <laughs> I, I agree with you very, very much, my friend. Uh, yeah, and again, that's kind of it, kind of a light one. But I think we got into some some good topics, some fun ones to talk about. Uh, maybe we've even yeah. maybe we've even given people some useful information so that they will want to watch Star Girl or not want to watch Batwoman. <laughs> or, or perhaps <laughs> yeah. uh, you know we got someone kind of interested in, in the work of Denny O'Neill, and they're going to go backward and, and yeah. read some old uh, Green Green Lantern comics. Who knows? Yeah, I think I think I might be one of those people. Yeah, That's I think I'm, cool. I think I'm going to no try idea. and post a, uh, some pictures of some of the, some of the graphic novels. I was trying to find them before we started yeah. the show, uh, but I think some of them might have gotten boxed up because I just I have too much stuff, Raj. <laughs> <laughs> the Tom Cave does grow. It is uh, at maximum capacity at the moment. So I got I got to rotate the inventory at some point. Sure, yeah. All right, Roger, my friend. I will let you go, and we're gonna we're gonna call it a night on on the Tomcast podcast. Thank you so much for joining me, my friend. It's always good, always good to talk to you. That doesn't make sense. Hey, hey. So there you have it, folks. There's a conversation between Roger and I for the day. What do you think? Pretty interesting. I hope so. Uh, it was fun to kind of talk about uh, Denny O'Neill with Roger. Uh, you know, again, I think Denny O'Neill is a, a, a comic book creator who maybe you don't know the name, but the impact of, of what he brought to the characters that he worked on uh, was so profound that uh, he brought something that uh, that everyone probably knows about, is aware of about that character. But Denny's the guy who, who helped introduce it. And uh, one of the books that I wanted to mention that I didn't with Roger is that he did a phenomenal run with a character called The Question. Uh, the Question is the the inspiration for Rorschach uh, of Watchmen fame. Uh, and he did this book with uh, a, with the great artist Dennis Cowan. And it's it's a phenomenal run. It's been collected in trade paperbacks that I recommend highly. But it's a like street-level, gritty, crime, noir-ish book uh, with The Question being just a, a wonderful private investor detective type of character. And he's got a really great look. Again, very much the look that inspired Rorschach, you know, a, a blue fedora, blue trench coat. Uh, but his mask, instead of being like a, a Rorschach with the, the, sh- the shifting paint, it's just a blank. So it doesn't look like he looks, he looks faceless. Uh, it's, it's a fantastic visual. And uh, Danny O'Neill and Dennis Cowan knocked the shit out of that book. So I recommend it very, very highly. Please check it out if you're in the mood for it. Uh, also fun to kind of get an update on some of the CW shows. Uh, the CW shows have been kind of a guilty pleasure that we, we talk about on the show uh, on occasion. Uh, they have kind of worn me out, but I am interested in the new Stargirl show and seeing how that goes. And I'm uh, curious to see what happens uh, in the future with this rebooted Batwoman TV series and, and what's going to come next. You know, So if there's any casting news on that, we'll talk about that down the road too. And again, fun to talk about Star Wars video games. Uh, you know, Star Wars is obviously a big part of this podcast. And uh, video games are a big part of our lives, especially now that I'm out of school. I have been spending far too much time on Xbox. But... What else am I going to do? Most things are uh, not... I'm not interested in going anywhere right now with COVID-19 still in full effect. Uh, California may be open, uh, but I am not. So I am staying home and playing a lot of video games. But I hope you guys are all staying safe. And if you're going out and kind of trying to reintegrate with the world, I hope that's going well for you. But stay safe. Keep wearing your masks if that's what's uh, being asked of you by your local governments. Even though we don't like to listen to local governments anymore because they're bad. And I get that. But this is about health, folks. Let's all stay safe and sound so that uh, one day when the vaccine's available, we can all get vaccine, vaccinated together and then go have a beer because that'd be a lot of fun. So thank you guys so much for listening. Please subscribe to this podcast wherever it is you listen, Apple, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. And uh, maybe take the time to write us a five-star review. Uh, small podcasts like this, we can easily get lost in the mix, especially with every celebrity in Hollywood now doing a podcast during COVID-19. So those five-star reviews go a long way to getting the word out about our fun little show. Again, you can follow the show at TomCastPopCast on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show TomCastPopCast at gmail.com and head over to head over to patreon.com forward slash TomCastPopCast where you can join Pophead Nation and get access to all kinds of super cool, amazing bonus content like Pophead Reads and our movie commentary tracks. Right now we're doing Marvel Before Marvel. 
And uh, that means we have Howard the Duck, we have Dolph Lundgren's The Punisher, and uh, coming soon, the 1990 Captain America commentary track. I'm trying to pin down a guest to uh, watch that with me, so hopefully it'll be twice as entertaining as it normally would be. Thank you to my current Patreons. Thank you to the Aspen Hill Chody, the Batman at Bay Park, Mr. Jeff Nail. He's co-host of The Ringing Ear. Thank you to Evil Circle, the evilest of all circles. And welcome back to our good friend, the Squidmaster General himself, Mr. Brian Broussard. Thank you all so much for being Patreons. And uh, your love and support means the world to me, so thank you so very, very much. So there it is. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back very, very soon. Ciao, babes. Admiral, we have enemy ships in sector 47. It's a trap. We're not going to be fucking sunk this year. We're the Stanley Cup champions. Yeah.